Good morning. Yeah. Uh, motion's got it. Thank you so much. Shkoyach. The other motion. We have a lot of excellent motions here. Thank you so much. Good morning, Rabotai. Uh, this is Rabbi Kalman Akiva Kovacs filling in for Rabbi Silber. Today's daf is Lamed Zion. Uh, Laz, Baruch Hashem. We are actually starting on the, we're starting in the Gemara on Lamed Vav Amad Base. We're going to have some sponsorships and a Mazel Tov. I was sent an updated sponsorship. We have a Talmud Torah sponsorship by Avraham and Shane D. Kelman in memory of our parents and recognition of the hard work of Rabbi Silber. Our Rav encourages our community and the internet listeners to learn Torah and Midos in his own special, effective style. So true. May you go Mechayel Echayel Ad Esrim. And a Dafyomi sponsorship by Milton and Melanie Gertner. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. And you're here bright and early. On their daughter Shelly and her husband Bobby Dolitsky on the birth of a baby girl. And Rufua Shleim. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Okay, Baruch Hashem, and Rafu Shlema also to Shoshana Tova, Bas Mindel Leia, and Tinuk Bat Shoshana Tova. Thank you to our sponsors, Mazel Tov Mint. And we are at the Gemara on 36B, Lamed Vavon Base. We're actually going to rewind a sec, we'll do the Mishnah, and then we'll launch in. The Mishnah said, Ein Ogdin at Lulav El Bemino. Rav read this yesterday. So we bind the Lulav, we tie it together with the same species of the Lulav. Um, uh, Rabbi Meir says, even with strings, even with something tied, I'm a Rabbi Meir, Maisev on Yerushalayim. He says, in Yerushalayim, they little threads of gold they would use to bind their lulav. I'm they told Rabbi Meir, so they had regular lulav derived binding underneath, and they put the gold on top. So very good. Let me check in with Zoom. Can everyone on Zoom hear us okay? Zoom? You guys are Zooming? I get a thumbs up. Shkoyach. Very good. So we are, we are live all over the world. Baruch Hashem. So now the Gemara. Amar Rava. Afilu b'siv. So Rama, Rava says even with siv. Now Rashi, Rashi here says what's a siv? So glad you asked. It's an orila. Olira. Sorry, an olira. Shagadol saviva dekel. It's some sort of something called olira that grows around the trunk of the palm tree, it wraps all around it, like the vines of grapes. So that sounds a little strange. It sounds like it might be something else. Taisvos here, Taisvos here in the medium lines, deceive the kor dikla. So he say, he brings akasha and psachim. And psachim, we had something the Gemara tries to explain over there, what is valid for maror. And one of the things listed for maror is the acharchbina, which the Gemara says is atzvota dedikla, something on the palm tree. And the Rashi over there in Psachim says that's sivadeko, shigadol sivadeko. So Rashi over there says it's sivadeko. But over there in Psachim, we're talking about what's kosher for maror. So that must be zerayim, because maror comes from plants. And over here, we're going to see this sivadeko is an eitz. It's something from the tree itself. It's something from the palm tree. So Taisvos has a problem. He says, what do you mean? Sivadekel over there is a plant for maror over here. Sivadekel is something to do with the palm tree. It's an etz. It's a, it's a kasha. So really, what is this sivadekel that Rashi's talking about here? If you look at palm trees closely, and uh, sometimes you'll see these, these brown fibers, these like little hairs are coming out of the trunk, wrapping around the trunk. The sivadekel here that Rashi's talking about, it must be part of the tree. We're going to see later on. For Abihuda, it has to be part of the tree. So the sivadekel is little brown hairs. So if you, if you go down to South Carolina, you go to California, Israel, and you go inspect the palm trees, 
then you're going to see some of them have these sort of brown hairs growing out of the trunk itself. That's the Sivadecal here. The Tzitzit goes over there, he's talking, okay, they're over there, they're talking about something else. It's some sort of vine that wraps up the tree. You should know in general, this is a Klal Gadol in Shas, is that Rashi is localized. Rashi is contextual. Rashi is trying to help you figure out what does the sugya mean right here. Whereas Tosfos, in comparison, for Tosfos, Koloshas in Yanecha, Tosfos is universal. So what the Bale Tosfos do is if there's some sort of contradiction in the Gemaras, in the Rashis, they're going to go and they're going to work it out. Whereas Rashi is just trying to help you understand what's going on right here. Not that Rashi would disagree with Tosfos, that Koloshas in Yanecha, but Rashi is trying to help you right now on this daf, and Tosfos is trying to help you understand and smooth out all the bumps in Shas generally. So it's two approaches to life, Sinai and Oker Harim. So that's just a general claw with Rashi and Taisa. So the sieve is something here growing out of the tree we're going to see. Afilu be'ikra dedikla, and also the ikra dedikla. Now, ikra usually means roots. Here we're going to see it means trunks, because we're going to be making boards out of this. So it's the it's the actual, the the wood of the palm tree itself, the heart, the hearts of palm. Okay, what, what bracha do we make on hearts of palm? Okay, anyone for shahakal, raise your hands. Hearts of Palm. You guys eat Hearts of Palm? Leif Tamar. Okay, Hearts of Palm. Anyone say Shahakal? Okay, good. Anyone say Adama? I got a lot of Adamas in the back, like 10, 12 Adamas. Eights. Who says eights on Hearts of Palm? Wow. I, 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 got, I got one. I got one of these. Someone is very brave. You should know it's a Machlokis. It's a Machlokis Achronim. It's a Machlokis uh, OU and Star K. And the OU holds by Rav Belsky Zetzal, who said we say Adama on the palm tree because the it's not a fruit. The, the hearts of palm is from the middle of the tree. It's like the soft wood in the middle of the tree. So he says it's not the ichor fruit. It's not the dates of a palm tree. It's just the, it's the wood. It's the edible wood. So it's a dumba. But Heidemann Shlita says differently. He says the date palms that are planted for dates are a different species. Those aren't used for the hearts of palm at all. Those are used for the dates. You don't cut down a nice growing date tree for the hearts. The, the palm trees that are used for hearts of palm are planted, davka, to harvest the hearts of palm, and therefore, and not for dates at all, and therefore, those trees, you would say, bre priya eights on those hearts of palm from those trees. So, shkoyach to the das yachid in the back. <laughs> you admitted that you hold by uh, star case. Star says you can definitely say eights. If you said adama, you definitely yotze. If you say adama like OU, Shem, it works. If you say shahakol, we're gonna go back and do a chazara and brachas. But if you if you say if you say adama, it's good. Like Rabelski, like oh you. If you say eights, it's good. Like Rabbi Heineman. And since we're in Baltimore, you could definitely hold like star K. It's sort of like min. I mean, minakamakom. Actually, I have a, I have a friend who asked Rabbi Heineman when we moved to town. He said, "Is there a minakamakom?" Rabbi Heineman says, "Well, you know, Baltimore used to be pretty yucky, but not entirely. But then the Hasidim moved in, and there's no menegemakom anymore. So it's, you know, <laughs> so it was, there's no menegemakom. But if you want to go like that, it's good. If you want to go like Adama, it's good. Eitz is good. So Hearts of Palm is a, is a big sugya, and we're going to see. It's Baruch Hashem. It's uh, it's good. So good. We we're already um, seven minutes in. We've covered exactly one line of Gemara. So very good." Amarava, my time with the Rabbi Yehuda. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda? Who says you need the same species to wrap your lulav. Kesavar lulav tzoyich eget. He says the lulav requires the binding. It's not good enough to hold the the sticks, to hold the hadasim ravot and your lulav together. You have to actually tie them together. So they're mamish together. If you bring something else, some sort of you know thread made of another plant, chamisha uh, minei. So now you added a fifth uh, element to this uh, lulav, to your Hoshana bundle. 
And that's a problem. You only need four. Amarava, mina mina la the sieve, the the dikla, mina the lulavahu. So, like we we're saying before, how do we know this sieve, this vine like growth, and the or the trunk of the tree itself are the same min as the lulav. You might have thought maybe you need mamash, the lulav leaves, the, the leaves itself to tie your lulav. No, you could even use some sort of thread or binding made from the trunk. Uh, Detanya, the Bryce says, Besukot teshvu. In Sukkot you will dwell. Sukkot shall kol devar, divir Rabbi Yehuda has an amazing shita. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ein sukkot noheget elebedalid minim shebelulav says your sukkah can only be made from the same species as your lulav. Rashi says he's referring to the schach. So both say your schach would have to be lulav, hadasim, aravot, etrogim. You could have etrog schach. Now a lot of people have etrog for decoration. If you have extra, that's nice, beautiful. Hang it off the schach. We saw the first parak. If it's bottled, if it's close enough to the schach, not a problem, not, a, not an interruption. But he, Rabbi Yehuda says you have to have those as your schach. He brings a kalva chomer. Rabbi Yehuda makes a kalva chomer, a logical argument that it has to be so. Ma lulav keviyamim. A lulav is only during the day. And really, we really bring it once in the day. We, we, uh, some people do before shul, during shul, during the halal. That's the only time we're really dealing with our lulav. Not all day, usually. And it's only during day. Uh, it has to be those four species. Sukkah, we have dinner in it, we sleep in it. It must be those four minim. Uh, they said back to Rabbi Yehuda, oh, you think that's a gishmaka kavachomer? They said, when your beginning is a chumrah, oh, you have to use davka, these four species, very sukkah, so full of hakel, but the ending is going to be meiko, it's going to actually cause a problem here. Einodin, not a valid kavachomer. Turning over to the top of Lamed Zayin, they explain, lo arbad minim, what, a guy's trying to make a sukkah, and he doesn't have the arba minim. He lives in a climate where they don't have these things so much. You hey, you have a bottle, so you can't have a sukkah. Can't make a sukkah out of bamboo. You know, a, a yid living in China, there's all this bamboo around, but there's not lulav. What's he gonna do? He's not gonna have a sukkah. But the Torah, amro shivas yomim. The Torah tells you live in a sukkah. Sukkah shall kol davar. So really, the chachamim say your sukkah can be made of anything. And we saw, of course, in the first parak, it has to be gedule karka and not mekabel tuma. Can we click? Thank you, Moshe. Yeah, yeah. We, should, we, we could have Bruch Machayim Etim on the coffee, with, without shame of Machos, of course. So they say we can make your sukkah out of anything. The ken the Ezra. Also in Ezra, now, of course, Ezra is sometimes really referring to Sefer Nehemia. There's all sorts of reasonings. Maybe, maybe it was political back 2,400 years ago. Why Ezra and Nehemia are sometimes lumped together, so we get the 24 books. And it's kind of the Ezra and Nehemia, sort of that crossover between Nevi'im and Kisuvim. So the, the Pasuk's really, if you look up in the Tanakh, it's really in Nehemia, but they call it here Ezra. Can be Ezra Omer, what does Ezra tell the people? Tzau Ahar, go out to the hills. Heviu ale zayit and bring back branches of the zayit. Of course, is the olive. Ale eats shemen. Apparently, is the pine tree. Ale hadas our hadasim. Ale tamarim. That's our lulav. Ale eats avot and also our aravot. Vlaasot sukot kekatuv to make sukot like the Torah tells you. So we see here that Ezra's telling them you can bring pine trees and olive tree branches to make your sukot. So we see it's not like Rabbi Yehuda. You could use other species. Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Hani Ladof notes. So those other species are not for the schach, but for the walls. Rabbi Yehuda would say you could use anything for the walls, but it has to be from the same arba minim for the schach. Of course, we know there's a famous medrash, we're all going to sit in a sukkah made of or leviathan. 
So or Leviathan is definitely not, I mean, uh, no one's ever shaking a Leviathan uh, during hollow. But uh, so Rabbi Yehuda would say that's kosher as long as they have the Arba Minim on the roof. But Ale, um, so he says, Ale Tamarim, Ale Eitz Avo to Lischach. He says the other things are for the, um, for the walls and the Hadas and the Tamarim, which is Lulav, and the Eitz Avo is the Rischach. So it's done, but we have another proof that Rabbi Yehuda would hold that the trunk of the tree itself is valid for schach. We can make schach out of boards. Remember, this was famous sugya. How big are the boards before they cause a problem? So we see that the trunk, that this sieve, remember this, these hairs, these things uh, coming out of the palm tree itself, that's part of the palm tree, and you can tie your lulav with it. And from the trunk itself, if you made some sort of binding or rope out of the wood itself of the lulav, that's valid because he says you can make schach, he says you need the arba minim to make schach, and you can make schach out of boards. So what are these boards? They're palm tree boards. He cuts down a palm tree, scoops out the heart and eats it, you know, eats the heart, and then he uh, cuts the rest into boards and makes it for his sukkah. Shmami, beautiful. Really, truly tell us your schach must be from the four species and not anything else. Hatanya, there's another b'raisa. What if he used boards of eres? Now, eres typically we translate as cedar. Eres balvanon yizge. Sheyesh behen dal tfachim, and they are four tfachim. Diveko pesulin. So four tfachim is too big. That's already too big to bake board schach. Ain behendal tefachim, but less than that, Rabbi Meir poses. Rabbi Meir doesn't like these boards. He likes three tefachim boards. Rabbi Yehuda Machsher, Rabbi Yehuda says those boards are okay if they're less than four tefachim. Mode Rabbi Meir, she'im yeish be neser neser, kimelo neser. If the gaps are the size of the boards, shemaniach b'sol b'neim, you put other schach in between the boards, k'sheh. Rabbi Meir allows these boards. But we're seeing that Rabbi Yehuda allows boards made of eras. My eras, the Gemara says, eras here is actually hadas. So Erez here, we thought it was cedar, but it's really a form of hadas, a species of hadas. Kid the Rabba Bar of Huna, to Amar Rabba Bar Huna, Amar Bey Rav, Asora Mini Erozim. And there's actually 10 subtypes of Erez. So consult your local Orthodox botanist about this. But um, there's 10 meaning of Erez, Shinemar, there's a Pasuk in Yechezkel, in Yeshaya, sorry. Aten b'midbar eres shita v'chadas v'eitz shemin asim be'arava berosh tidchar asher yachtav. So that's seven in the pasuk. They know from the Sora three more count as razim. So this er this eres here is actually referring to a chadas. Rabbi Yehuda didn't object in that brisa and say no, only four minim. So we see from Rabbi Yehuda, he says you have to have the dalid minim for your schach, but anything else could be the wall. So when we all sit together in Sukkot Leviathan, they'll probably put some lulavim in the corner for Rabbi Yehuda, and everyone else will be under the bamboo. Or something like this, and just, just to make everyone feel comfortable. We can welcome everybody into the Sukkah Shlaviyata. Good. Rabbi Meir Omer, Philip Mashiach. Rabbi Meir says, even with threads. Tanya, Rabbi Meir, Yakira Yerushalayim. So, this, remember that, guys, the Mishnah we just read said, Anche Yerushalayim. It says, Yakira Yerushalayim. We'll get back to that. Shahayu Odin at Lulavehen, Begimonia Shlazahav. They would wrap golden strings around their Lulav. Amrulo, they said to Rabbi Meir, Misham Raya, is that any proof? Underneath those gold threads, they used regular, they used the siva dekel, or they used uh, the leaves of the lulav, made threads out of it, and they wrapped it like that, and they put gold on top. I've actually seen the mice, uh, a couple of Moroccan guys do this. That's not real gold. Maybe it is real gold. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what their bank account, I don't know what their Bitcoin's at, but uh, maybe they're using real gold. It's interesting to say, Yakira Yerushalayim, Rashi says, the nichbadim veshirim, so the most respected 
and wealthy Jews in Yerushalayim would honor their lulav with the golden strings. Now, it's interesting, they were rich. They could have put these golden strings on their clothing to respect themselves, but no, they put their wealth on their lulav, on their item of mitzvah, to show that their, their wealth was not being used for themselves, their own kavod was being used for the kavod of Shemaim, the kavod of Hashem. And these were the most respected people in Yerushalayim. They were setting an example for everyone else. This is a reminder, when you want people to respect Ruchniot, Torah and Mitzvot, you have to respect it yourself. When you want your wife and children to have a kavod for coming to shul, you act mechubad in shul. When you want them to have kavod a Torah, you act dignified when you're learning Torah. You show it a chashivot, they show it a chashivot. This reminds us, last week we had the king paying the toll. Remember the king paying the toll? Just last week, Rebosa. And the servant's like, listen, all the money's yours. What do you want us to pay the toll? You know what, the king's gonna pay the toll? He says, I'm setting an example. I'm leading through example. The only real leadership, the only real parenting is through example. And for the Yukir Yerushalayim, putting the gold on the lulav, it worked. How do we know it worked? It's a preview of coming attractions. There's a Gemara on Mem Aleph, Ahmed base, and the Gemara, oh, story time. So it's beautiful. Let's, I just gotta find the thing first. Tanya, Rabbi Eliezer, Bart, Sadek, Omer, Kach, Hayim, in Hogan, Shel, Anshe, Yerushalayim. So the Yakira Yerushalayim, the Nechbadim and the Asherim, they would put gold strings. This is Anshe, Yerushalayim. This is the regular, the regular men of Yerushalayim. Adam, Yotzim, Ebeto, Lulava, Biyado. He could get up in the morning, Lulav in hand. Cholok, Lebet, Knesset, Lulava, Biyado. Korei, Kriyat, Shema, Mipalo, Lulava, Biyado. Now, is he really holding his Lulav during Shemona's reign? Maybe not. You're only supposed to hold the Siddur, Medadin. Maybe he has his Lulav close by. His Lulav is always with him. So if he had to read from the Torah and he has to have the place, or he's a Kohen and he's duchening, he's saying Birkat Kohanim, then you have to put his lulav down. But then after Shul, he goes to visit a sick person, to comfort, to console mourners. Lulav will be other, he's bringing his lulav with him. So he's bringing his lulav everywhere he goes. If he had to go to learn Torah, which requires full concentration, then he would put his, send his lulav home. Micah Mashmalan, what does this teach us? Lahodiacha kama hayuzrizin b'mitzvot. This shows us how zaris were in mitzvot. What do we do? We bring our lulav to shul, and we say halal, and we shake it, and we put it down, and we go away. These Anshi Yerushalayim, the men of Yerushalayim, had such a love for the lulav, they would bring it everywhere they went, unless they're going to the base medrash, they had to have full concentration on their, on their daf yomi. So then they, put, they send their lulav home, so they don't forget it, because they're concentrating on the Torah. Other than that, they're bringing their lulav everywhere, because they were following the example of the Yakira Yerushalayim, who loved their lulav so much that they put gold threads, dafka, on their lulav, and not on themselves. So again, if you're nichbad, if you're respected by other people, you set the example, and they follow the example, and we see that the Anshi Yerushalayim, or Zrizim, they learn from the Yakira Yerushalayim. Beautiful. So that's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to uh, follow the example of Yerushalayim. You find actually, if you read the halachot of the Ben Yehoyada, Ben Yishchai, he often says, oh, in Yerushalayim they do this. He says, in, in Babel we do this, but over in Yerushalayim they, they do that minhag, and that's beautiful. So often people look to Yerushalayim as a source for inspiration and education, elucidation, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to, we should always be looking towards Yerushalayim. So Amar Lahu Rabba, we're back on Lamed Zion now. The story time's over, guys. So Rava said to the people who were binding together the Hoshana, which is the, the greenery for, uh, for Sukkot. They told them, Shiari Bey Beit Yad, leave over a Beit Yad, a handle, the size of a hand, so it'll be a tefach. So your binding will be a chatzitza. 
So they're, they're tying the Hadassim Ravot, the Lulav, together. And he says, leave over an empty spot without tie so you can put your hand there as a handle. Rava says, it's not necessary because if it's for Noi, if this wrapping is a decoration, again, the gold strings on top of the Lulav strings, uh, if it's decoration, it's not a chatzitza. So you wouldn't have to leave over a handle. Rabba, Rabba also says, Lo linkit inish hoshana bisudra. Don't stuff your lulav into your hoshana, meaning into the rest of the species, the aravot and the hadasim. I'm getting ahead of myself. Sudara is a scarf. Don't hold it with a scarf. You need a You need a pure taking. You can't have a scarf in between your hand and your lulav. Falaika, you won't have this if you're holding it in a scarf. He says, grabbing it with something else is still called a lakicha. And he's going to get into this. How do I know that grabbing an item with the scarf with something else still works as a valid lakicha? That's not. There's a Mishnah, the Azov. Who knows what an Azov is? Hyssop. Beautiful. What do we do with a hyssop? Yeah, yeah. We, we sprinkle the mechatat to purify someone who was contaminated with a dead body exposure. We dip the hyssop into the mechatat, the paraduma water, and we sprinkle it on them with the hyssop. So if you have an A's of kutzer, it's too short. It's too short to reach the mechatat in the bottom of the tube. They keep the mechatat in a little sealed vial, and you're dipping the hyssop in there. If your stem is not long enough, you need to expand it. So misafko bechut bechush. So you, you attach to it a thread or a spindle so you can reach... The, the, the water in the bottom of your tube, the and you dip the hyssop into the tube with your extender, umale, and you bring it out, you hold the of itself, not the extender, umaze, and you sprinkle the mechatat on the person who was contaminated. Amai, so how does that work? The Torah says you take the azov and you dip it into the water. And you haven't done that because you, when you dipped it, you weren't holding the azov, you're holding the extender, your stem extender. So we learn from here, says Rava, that taking, uh, using something else, using this azo stem extender, it's still a valid taking. Mimai, how does that approve? Dilma shiny chasa. Maybe that's different. Kevin de because he's really permanently attached this extender, this this thread or this spindle. He's permanently attached it to his hyssop stem. Kegufe dame. So now it's like the, like the Azov itself. So now it's like the Hyssop itself because it's permanently attached. So now it would be, we could say it's bottle to the original Azov. So it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a proof that using this extender to dip into the tube is valid, proves that Lekicha Davar Acher is a Lekicha. So Elamechacha, so here's another proof. Nafil Mishoferet Leshokets. What's going on is Rashi explains the ashes from the Paraduma. After you burn the Paraduma, you would take the ashes over and you'd place them into the water. Because it, it sort of says, Mayim Chaim El Keli, you have to put the water in first. Uh, that would be possible if they just fell in. The Rashi explains it needs Kavana. What would they do is we, we try we try very hard during the Paraduma process not to allow any Tuma, any chance of Tuma. So they would make a basin uh, by a rock already attached to the ground and they would carve that out into a clee. So it's attached, it's like a clee, a basin to hold water, but it's attached to the ground. So then they put the water, the Maim Chaim, into the stone basin, Maim Chaim Lakeli, and then they'd put the ashes on top, and then they'd mix them in. But it requires a kavana. The Rashi says, It needs lakicha and natina. It needs active, 
awareness when you're putting the ashes in. And it, it's mashma there, it needs to be biyot. So what if the whole thing falls in? Nafal shoferet, the shoket. And this shoferet is the one containing the ashes, not the one containing the mechatas. This is at the prior stage where we're, we're actually being mechadesh, the mechatas. We're mixing the ash with the water. If it just falls in, puzzle, top of on base. Ha hipilu, if he threw it in, kosher. So if he threw in the, you know, he had some sort of receptacle or some sort of tube that contained the ashes in Parduma, if he threw it into the water, it would be kosher as mashma, only if it falls in his puzzle. Amai, velachu, venatan. Amara Chamana, the Torah says, you have to take it, which is mashma in your hand, and then place it, mashma in your hand. So why does it work if you throw it into the tube? So Rabbi says, we learn from here, that taking all day something else is a taking because the giving here, the giving the ashes into the water to prepare the mechatas, the paraduma liquid, is valid. Even if he didn't take, put the ash in his hand and then put it into the water, he threw the whole kli with the ash into the water. As long as he does it actively, it's still kosher. So this is actually, so this is this is a yisod. This lakichali de Acher uses the whole kli to put the ash in. That's valid, but it's something deeper than that. Rabosai. Ashes by themselves are practically worthless. Paraduma ashes are the exception. Water is practically worthless. Okay, if you're not in the desert, I understand. Water is also practically worthless. You're taking two worthless things, ashes and water, combining them to make the most valuable liquid in the universe. That can affect tahara, can decontaminate someone who had contact with the dead body. So there's another level to this. That's a beautiful concept, but we all have ashes in our lives. We all have things that have gone wrong and burnt up. And it could be we had inspiration and motivation. We were getting to the Dafyomi on time every morning. We were waking up with Zrizut. We had a fire, but maybe it burned out over the course of the year. A lot of things going on, a lot, we get tired, we get burnt out, it becomes ashes. So maybe we had something beautiful in our life and it's burnt up, it's ashes. Now it's, it's worthless. It's not whole anymore, it's only ashes. So what do we do? We have to take those ashes and combine them with water. What is water? It's wisdom, it's Torah, it's Ruchniyot. So we take the ashes, some things that went wrong in our lives, some things that in the past year we didn't, didn't work out, and now it's, it's gone, it's worthless, it's ashes, it's not much, but we combine it again with our wisdom, with our inspiration, and it becomes something valuable. But we learn, even if it's done in, through a Kli, it's still good, but it has to be done with Dat, it has to be mindful. And sometimes it's very painful, Rabotai, to think about our failures, but it's Elul. Elul is time to turn it around. It's time to turn the ship around. And even though it's painful to think of your failures and think of what went wrong and what was, what was a beautiful fire, but now it's only worthless ashes, but we have to be mindful of that. That's the deeper message here. Be mindful of what went wrong. Learn the lessons. Get the inspiration to combine those worthless ashes with our waters of life, our inspiration, our ruchniyot, our wisdom, and now we have something valuable again. And we can use it to be mitaha ourselves in Elul in the Yamim Naraim, and we can go, we can go on with uh, purity and reinvigorate our lives with this new creation that we combine worthless ashes with worthless water into something that's very valuable. But it can only be done mindfully. It can only be done with our awareness and our intellectual wisdom to apply our failure to turn it around to our success in the coming year. God willing. So that's a, so that's our our wisdom our wisdom out of the daf here. So he says the Rav has proved. So therefore, if you had 
picked up your lulav with these, this holder, you know, the little holder, it's got the Aravos on one side, and then the Hadassim on one side, the lulav in the middle. So he says, that's perfectly valid according to Rabba. So beautiful, we can use, use those. Amar Rabba, Rabba also says, inish He says, inish Don't shove your lulav into your Hoshana. Hoshana refers to the whole bundle with the Hadassim and the Ravos. Didilma, maybe Natre Tarfe. You're going to push off some loose leaves. Some leaves are going to fall off your Hoshana uh, from the Aravot and the Hadassim. Have a So now those loose leaves that are in the bundle are going to be a Chatzitza. When you pick it up, you're going to have these leaves that are detached. It's a problem. Rava, Mar Min Bamino Eino Chatzitz. So Rava says, Lakiha, the problem. And he also says, Min Bamino is not a problem. It's still valid. Amar Rava, and Rava says, Lo Ligas Inish Lulavo, Behoshana. Once you've bundled your Hoshana together, don't cut the bottom of your Lulav. If you find your Lulav's too long, don't snip off the bottom. The Mishtayer Chutza, you're going to have leaves on the outside that are no longer attached to the middle. They're no longer attached to the, the Tiomis, the Shidra of the Lulav, because he's, he's cut off the bottom where all the leaves are together. So he has the leaves on the outside are still tied together, but now they're not attached to the Lulav itself. Have a So Rabbah says, Chatzitza. Rava Amar Min Bamino. Eino Chatzitz. So Rabbah says, that's not a Chatzitza Bichlal. So the, the leaves of the lulav, even if they're detached from the shidra, with nabi chatzitza, it's min bimino. You, sh- you actually see the sfardim don't use the holder, they take extra leaves of a lulav and tie them into a loop. So you're using the lulav leaves itself, not a chatzitza, it's min bimino. You can mamish use the same leaves as your lulav to bind your hoshana, to bind all your minim together. Beautiful. Amar uh, So hold on. One thing first. This is going to remind us. This sugya, min bimino eno chatzitz, and Lakicha Ali the Abar Acher, it reminds us of a famous Gemara in Psachim. And if you remember, Psachim wasn't that long ago. There was a whole, uh, at the end of the fourth paragraph, there was a whole discussion about the Anshe Yericho did some good things and some bad things, and these Kohanim Gedolim, some of them were great, and they ate 400 birds at once, and some of them were not so great. And there was a Baskol that said, please come, so some of the Kohanim Gedolim, please come into the base of Mikdash and serve, and some it said, get out. And there was a famous Kohen Godel who wore gloves. Remember this guy? Who remembers this guy? The Cohen Godel wearing gloves. All right, story time. Here we go. I don't know if I'm gonna put you guys to sleep or wake you guys up, it's beautiful. So this is Pesachim Nun Zion, and it said, barkai. says, get out of the temple, Yisachar from Kfar Barkai. Why? He honored himself. But he was Mechalel, the offerings, the holy things to heaven. Why? To have a karichiyadeh b'shirah. He would wrap his hands with silk. He would wear silk gloves to do the avoda, so he wouldn't get his hands dirty. Didn't want to get his hands dirty. You remember this guy? The avi the avoda. He would wear gloves. He would wear silk gloves. What happened to him? Gemara explains all. Of it. It's, it's an amazing story. Ma baby barakai. So what actually happened to him? Amri Malka Mochasa, the king and the queen, famously have a Malka. So the king says, goats are yummier. She says, no, I like sheep meat better. Who's going to prove who's right? Let's ask the Kohen Godel. He eats carbonos every day. He knows what's better, goats or sheep, because they're both using carbonos. So he came in front of the king and queen. And he sort of waved with his hand. He sort of scoffed. He was like, ah. Oh. So like, of course I know. He was a little bit haughty. Remember, this is the Kohen Gadol who wears his silk gloves to do the avodas. He doesn't get dirty. So he was a little bit of a, we call him an istinus, a little bit uh, haughty, a little spoiled. He says, e, God, yeah, 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 sick, let's meet if, if Gdi, if goats were better, they should be the Tomid. 
Amar Malka, so the king says, so He doesn't have any respect for the king. He's like scoffing at the king, waving his hands. Nivs cut off his right hand. Yahiv Shochad, he gave a bribe to the royal hand cutter. That, that would be a really strange job to have, to be the royal hand cutter. Pascal so he bribed the guy. He cut off the left instead of the right. Why? Because the, the avoda is only kosher with the right hand. He wanted to still do the avoda. Shama Malka, the king heard about this. Pascal and had the royal hand cutter go back and uh, do a ten-finger job on him. Amar Rav Yosef, Brich Rachmanas. Rav Yosef says an amazing thing. He says, Blessed is Hashem, the Ashkalei Yisachar Ishkvar Barkai, the Mitzvahi Omai. He says, He's blessed as Hashem who punished Yisachar in this world. He got his punishment in this world because really he gets Olam Haba. He was really mostly righteous except for this problem, and he got punished for this problem. Ravashi Yisachar Ishkvar Barkai, Lotan Absidi, he didn't learn the Mishnah, that's not. Rabbi Shimon the Mayor, Kivasim, Kabbalah Isim, he says, Sheep are better than goats, become a combs, they, they go on there. But the problem was, is the problem with Yisachar was he was mechabed himself by wear, wearing silk gloves during the vote. He wasn't mechabed the offering, he didn't want to get his hands dirty. So again, Taisvos, the Shitasa Taisvos here on Ahmed Aleph, he says it's different here. When we talk about picking up your lulav with a holder, with this woven holder or with a scarf, if it helps you, he says if it's for kavod of the lulav, it's kavod of the item. Uh, and your homework is to look at this. This Taisa is Leika That's your homework for tonight before you fall asleep. Uh, so the Taisa says if it's for the kavod of the lulav, for the kavod of the karbanos, if you needed some sort of fork or holder or something to pick up the karbanos, it wouldn't be a chatzitza. What's going on is he's wearing gloves for, to keep his hands clean. So that's a bizayon. Like the, the Gemara said to Sachim, it's a bizayon shemayim, it's kavod for asmo. If it's for kavod of the item, for the kavod of the lulav, it makes the lulav beautiful, it makes it easier to hold the lulav, that's not a chatzitza. So if it's for the item itself, for the avoda, for the mitzvah itself, not going to be chatzitza, but if it's for your own use to keep your hands clean, would be a chatzitza. So really, again, it depends on your mindfulness, on your intent. Am I trying to be bring kavod for myself and keep my hands clean, or am I trying to bring kavod shemayim to hold my lulav in an easy and proper way so I can do the nanuim, I can do the avoda, like Hashem wants. So that's uh, my, this, the, same, the same action, but your intent does matter. Beautiful. Back to Ahmed Beis. Amar Rabbah, hadas shemitzvah, asr The hadas in your hoshana that you're using for your lulav, you can't smell it. Etrog shemitzvah, mutar But the etrog, you can smell it. My time, hadas hadas is normally used for smelling. Ka'akseh, merecha akseh. When he makes it muksa, this is muksva. Le mitzvah. Remember, our Hilchos Shabbos, if you set something aside for mitzvah, it's muksa. It's only set aside for the mitzvah. So since chadas is normally smelled, when you set it aside to the mitzvah, you're no longer able to smell it because the normal purpose is smelling it. This reminds us when Bar Yochai came out of the cave and he was, they were setting things on fire and it was a problem. And then they saw this man running right before Shabbos with a hadasim. He had two hadasim. Why, what do you need two for? He says, Shabbat v'zachar. And they're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, he gets it. He gets it. So that, that was a hadas. That the hadas saved the world from the anger of Bar Yochai and his son coming out of the cave. So the hadasim are very important, we see. So when you set them aside for the mitzvah of your hashana, you can't smell it anymore. Etro delachiyakai, etro, we eat them. Okay, some people do eat them, or you make them into liqueur. That's also, also valid. Ki oxay mechila oxay. So once you've set it aside for the mitzvah, you can't eat it, but you could still smell it. Now the Shulchan Aruch says there's actually a suffix if we should make the bracha during the holiday of Natan Reach Tov Beperot. So the, the bracha on the smelling good fruit would be Natan Reach Tov Beperot. Puts a good smell in the Perot. 
But Taisa brings us Machlok is Rishonim if you're supposed to make that bracha during the Chag. So he says we shouldn't smell the etrog on the Chag. And I see some very concerned faces. The Mishnah Brewer says that's only during the time you're doing the mitzvah. So when you're saying Hallel and you're holding your Lulav and your Esrog together, don't say the bracha and smell your Esrog. But when you take it home and you're just hanging out in your sukkah, go ahead, make the bracha and smell the Esrog, says the Mishnah Brewer. The Hadas is Muksa, smell. It's okay, you have an esrog. It's all right, you have an esrog to smell. I mean, okay, you could, you could also use deodorant, but the, the hadas after the holiday is, is, is valid to smell. But during the holiday, it's muksa from smelling. And Rabbi goes on, hadas attached to the ground is mutter to smell. Etrog But an etrog attached to the tree, it's usr to smell it. My time, why is this? Hadas a hadas is normally smelled. Like Bar Yochai, normally it's for fragrance. Isharit lay, if we let you smell it when it's attached, lo ate the He's not going to come to pick it up. It's normal to bend over and smell a, a hadas when it's still attached to the ground. He's not going to come and cut it and take it home. Not a big deal. A lot of hadas seem to go around. Etrog dilachiyakai, but an etrog, you don't normally smell it. You normally eat it. Isharit lay, if we let you. Uh, go and smell it, you might come and cut it. You might come and, Rashi, interesting, he says, take a bite out of it. Taking a bite out of it would be considered cutting it. For Shabbos Yanta, it would be considered a kotzer, even though taking a bite sounds like a strange way to do kotzera. But listen, if you're hungry, and kotzera gadol says Rashi, if you're very hungry for this esrog, you might take a bite out of it, but still mechuber, that would count as a kotzera, according to Rashi. So if we let you smell it, you might come to bite it, or detach it, or harvest it, so we're not going to let you do that when it's attached. So please don't use an attached uh, esrog still on the tree to do your your your, your uh, sehalo with. Amirabba lulav biyamin etrog bismoli says hold your lulav in your right hand. Your lulav here is not just your lulav. But your hadasim ravot also etrog bismol. My time, but what's the reason? Hanitlata mitzvot. So no, it's really one big mitzvah of dalid meeting. But there's three of them in that bundle. So hold it in your right hand. The right hand has chashivas. Baha'i chada mitzvah, and the etrog is one mitzvah, you hold it in your small. Now, what if someone's left handed? So it's a machlokis. So Shogarara says a left handed person should, uh, even though lefties have rights, we say the left handed person should do the same as the right handed person and hold his lulav in the right hand. Because here it's not a din like tefillin. And by tefillin it says yad cha, yad kecha, we learn it should go on the weaker arm. So the tefillin of a right handed person on the left, the tefillin of a left handed person on the right. But here, it's just because the right hand has achshivas. The right hand is hesed. We learn uh, So the right hand has achshivas even for a left-handed person. So here, it's not a din like tefillin. So you should hold the species in your right hand if you are left-handed. However, there are some uh, discussions, machlosim, about this. So if somebody does it in a left-handed fashion, we're not going to throw our SRO game at him. We say the bracha. We don't say al natilat arba mini. We don't say al natilat lulav etrog matasim veravolt. Why not? Because it's the tallest. Okay. Why don't you raise your etrog up with your left hand, and then you're going to make the bracha on your etrog. Al natilat etrog levarech. Because in, in its min, as it's growing, the lulav is naturally taller than the rest of them. The other ones, okay, they're, they're two tefachim, three tefachim. The lulav can be 
uh, quite tall. So since it's naturally, it says the shear is also bigger. You need, a, we're about to see, you need a longer shear for your lulav itself than the other medium. So you see there's a chashivas to the larger item. And you see, we usually we call it a lulav. What do people normally call it? So he saw in the shas, they call it hoshana also when you buy them together because you use hoshana with it. But we call it a lulav. You know, that's just sort of what people call it. Call a lulav and we make the bracha on the lulav. We hold the lulav in the right. The Mishnah says, Heichan hayu minanaim. How, where do we do the shaking, the waving? Behodu l'shem, tachila v'sof. In the first and last, hodu l'shem. Uba'ana Hashem hoshiyana. And in the ana Hashem hoshiyana, divrei beis hilo. Beis shamay omrim, af be'ana Hashem hatzlichana. He says, even during the hatzlichana, not just hoshiyana. Am Rabbi Kiva, sofei hayiti b'roven gamli Yeshua. He says, we were in shul, we were saying halal on Sukkis. And I was watching Rabbi Gamliel and Yeshua, the, the Gedolim of the generation. Everyone was waving their lulavs, you know, all, all over the place. And they were only doing Nanuim during Anashem Hoshiana. That's when they were doing Nanuim. There's a, there's a Taisvas here, and it, I, I got to sign this as homework also. This is very Chashu. We're going to say a couple things in the Taisvas outside. Uh, the Taisvas says, What's the reason of Beis Hillel? There's actually, so normally we would say Ana Hashem Hoshina, Ana Hashem Slichana, but why does he skip the Hatzlicha and only say Hoshia? Because there's a Pasuk, Az Yeranu Atse Hayar, Melif Ne Hashem, Ki Valishpot Tharetz. So that's Yeranu Atse Yar, then the trees are shaking. Right after that it says, Hodu Lashem Kitov, Kilam Chasto. Ah, so the Hodu Lashem Kitov. Beis Hillel says, "As you're not saying, it's put right next to each other in Tehillim and in in, in uh, Hallel. So we put them together. It's so beautiful. So, so the Beis Hillel has his reasoning, not like Beis Shammai. But then later on, the Taisvus he says this amazing thing. He says, We're going to find out. So he says the Nanunim are not only during Hallel; they're also when you say the bracha." And some people have the custom, they will take their lulav first thing in the morning in their sukkah at home before they go to shul. Some chasidim do this, some people do this, is they take it there, they say the bracha, and what do they do? Exactly, nanuim, they do the waving, they do the nanuim then. So we see the nanuim are not just linked to halal, but they're linked to the lulav itself. So even a katan who knows how to wave, the father can teach him how to wave. Even a katan who doesn't say halal, does still make the bracha and wave the lulav. Uh, and he says, uh, You get up very early to go on a, on a trip during Cholamud. Uh, you would blow the shofar early in the morning. He has to go somewhere. You bring him the lulav during Cholamud, and he should be even though he's not at shul saying halal. Uh, and you can bring him the megillah. He'll read it first thing in the morning before he has to go on his trip. Uh, trip for a mitzvah, of course. Uh, that you can do the na'anuim when you say the bracha without the halal. So even though the Mishnah is linking halal to when we do the shaking of the lulav, Tosot said it's not totally linked. Even a katan who doesn't say halal, we still teach him how to do these na'anuim. They still have a chashivut uh, intrinsically without halal. Good, so we'll start the Gemara a little bit. Uh, who mentioned na'anuim? I mean, what are we talking about? We have to wave our lulav. Where, where, where are we getting that from? Chatam kai. It's the first Mishnah in our parak. What's a kasher lulav? It needs at least three tefachim because it has to be enough to wave. So therefore we have to wave it. So now the mission is asking logically, when do we wave it? 
So now we're saying, when do we wave the lulav? The Mishnah teaches, the two breads of Shvuas and the two kivosim, uh, the sheep of Atzeris. Uh, how do you do them? Because we wave them. The Torah has a mitzvah to wave these things. You put the breads on top of the sheep. And you put your hand under them. And you wave it. You put it out and bring it back. And you bring it up and down. So apparently, either these are small sheep or large kohanim, because their mamas are putting their hand under the sheep and over the bread, and they're going back and forth and up and down with this sheep and bread combination. So you see, you should have your, this is the source for a sandwich. You put the bread on top of the meat, and then you wave it, you eat it. It's an open face sandwich, also kosher, also good. It's beautiful. Uh, to go forward and back, up and down. That is waved and that is lifted. So Torah says you wave it, that's back and forth, and you lift it up and down. You bring it forward and backward for the one, for Hashem, that all the directions are His. So not just forward and backward, but also left and right. So now we see that we have four directions in the horizontal plane, and up and down, because Shemayim is Shemayim Hashem, it's beautiful, now we have all six directions. In they Why do we bring it back and forth? That we want to stop the bad winds. Right, to stop bad dew. Dew can come from above, or dew condensation can come from below. So we go in all these directions to prevent Puranot Chas Shalom from coming to the world. What does this tell us? Top of Lamed Ches. Shiari Mitzvah Me'akvi Puranot. The leftovers of the mitzvah is not the Iker Mitzvah. The Iker Mitzvah would just be to wave it. But to go in all six directions with these kavanot, that it will hold back the bad winds, that it's for Hashem, that the Shemayim and Aretz and all the directions are His. These shiari mitzvah, this, these deeper kavanot, these kind of mystical actions we're doing with the lulav, they're shiari mitzvah, they're not the real mitzvah itself, and I'm akev, but it holds back Puranot. So doing the mitzvah with all of these details and all of these kavanot and all these beautiful intentions can really, it can really help. That's what the Gemara is saying. It's, it's, not, it's not a segula if it's in the Gemara. Okay. A lot of people believe in Segula, and maybe not. I, I, I heard an interesting thing that uh, there was a place uh, that a rabbi went to, and the women were not dressed so tznius. And um, of course, it's a halach and shulchan aruch to certain certain uh, aspects of tznius. This is before halach and shulchan aruch. So he told them it's a Segula to avoid ayin hara to wear the long sleeves. And the women said, oh, it's a segula? They took it very seriously after that. The halacha and the, and the shulchan aruch, maybe not, but a segula, they took very seriously. Sometimes the Gemara gives a segula, but if it's a segula in the Gemara, you know it's real. You know it's badukum in the you know it's going to work if it's a segula in the Gemara. So having these kavanot for the shiari mitzvah, it, it does work. So that's a, that's a good trick to have up your sleeve. It's, oh, it's a segula. Oh, a segula. People take it very seriously. Shari uh, tenufa. Tanufa, this waving, this waving in all six directions, Shari Mitzvah, it's the leftovers of Mitzvah, the details of Mitzvah, Hiva, Etzeret, Ruchot, Tzlaim, Raim, and it holds back bad wind and bad dew. Amarava, Ken Belulav, we do with the Lulav the same thing we do with the sheep and the bread of Atzeret, of Shvot. Rab Acha Bar Yaakov, Mamtele, Maitele, so he would, 
Ah, he would he would bring his lulav and he would kind of poke it and stab it forward when he was waving. He wasn't just going like this. He was like mamish, poking with his lulav, poking to the all directions. Amar dain gira desitna. This is my arrow in the eye of the sata. So he was very like aggressive with his lulav, but the Gemara says lav milsahi. Not recommended for everybody to do so. Mishum You're going to bother the sata if you start poking around with your lulav. It's ah, arrow in the eye of the satan. Satan says, hey, wait a second. And he's going to, you know, God forbid, make the lulav uh, hit, so hit a wall or something, and then you're going to bend your tiomes, you're going to bend your tip, have a crooked tip. So don't, don't play games with this. Okay, shkayach rabosai. i got a couple minutes to put your tefillin on. We'll see you again tomorrow. Shkayach.